I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm so happy that you've joined us today. You know, I do these podcasts because I'm on my own spiritual journey of growing. I'm really hungry to see a new measure of what God has available. And I think, you know, Romans 10, 17, I believe it says, faith comes by hearing. And when you hear these kinds of stories, it gives you a prototype or a model uh, of someone else's journey for your journey. It helps you to make different choices. It helps you to think differently about yourself and about what you can accomplish in your lifetime with your relationship with God. And today I have my friends, Brian and Katie Terwalt from Jesus Culture on. Now, if you haven't heard Brian and Katie Terwalt, I'm sure you've heard their music. If you're in any church at all, most churches in the charismatic Pentecostal and even conservative realms are singing some of their songs. They were awarded a Grammy, which I hope to talk to them about today on the episode uh, for the songwriting of one of their songs, which is just outrageous. It's a, it's a worship song in a Christian genre who got a Grammy, which is amazing. And one of the things I enjoy about Brian and Katie the most is that they're on a really a real journey of hunger and they're still developing and they're allowing themselves to be vulnerable in their process of songwriting and sharing their faith, sharing their, their message, sharing their story. And they're just really raw people, which is amazing. They're always who they are. What, what you hear is, is what you really get behind the scenes as well. So I, I love displaying people like that on this podcast because I feel like it takes on a different meaning when you're hearing the real person, the authentic person, not just the Instagram highlight reel that you get to see sometimes on people's, you know, story feed on social media, but you actually get to hear some of the, some of that hardship or some of the, this is how God got me through this, or this is what God said here. And this is how we blew up here. This is where I was at in this. And so I, I love Brian and Katie because they're the kind of people who answer those questions for real. They, there's no pretense. At the same time, when you listen to people like Brian and Katie, it gives you language. It gives you understanding. It gives you connection. It, it, it creates more spiritual intelligence for your own process, which is one of the reasons why we do this. Yes. Before we get there, I want to share with you one of the resources we have for you. Please listen in. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic audience. This is Sean Bowles and my wife and I, Sharia, put together an e-course with eight different key topics on how to live a thriving marriage or live in a connected marriage where you actually have tools that are developing your communication, your conflict model, how to stay connected in your heart. These are themes that Sri and I use in a real way in our marriage, and we've had to go after them. Well, some of you who are listening right now are in your marriage. Maybe you're five years in, 10 years in, 30 years in. We're proud of you for however long you're in your marriage if you're married. And I want to encourage you, you can go deeper, whether you're in a season where it's hard or a season where it's blessed. Either way, refreshing yourself with tools that are going to help you live the most thriving quality of marriage that God intended. I invite you to visit bowlsministries.com, look under our e-courses, and you're going to see the Thriving Marriage e-course with Sean and Sheree Bowles. Yes, today on Exploring the Prophetic, I have two of my favorite worship leaders in the world, and they happen to be married, Brian and Katie Turwalt, who I've known now for forever, it feels like. I mean, we've kind of all emerged around the same time in, in the, the ministries we're doing now. And so I love that you guys are on the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us today, Sean. We're fun, fun fact, Sean Bowles actually married us. <laughs> this is <laughs> the shortest ceremony know, ever. <laughs> it, it was very, very quick. I actually just stumbled across some of the videos of our mutual friends of Toledo's daughter, Malika, who was like three or four at the time dancing. 
and of you guys leading a concert. It was so epic, the concert at your wedding <laughs> that you guys led. It was amazing. It You're was up there so in your wedding dress, singing, going for it. <laughs> what else would we do at our wedding besides just have a concert at the reception? <laughs> this is true. You guys are both musical in every part of your DNA. I mean, Brian, you were down here for a minute down in LA with us, and I mean, you just you yeah. just breathe music. You just kind of do music everywhere you go. It's just kind of part of who you are and your core nature, which is really beautiful. And I know Katie, people don't know this girl, Katie can not just sing, but she can sing. This girl, I mean, oh. it's crazy. Like, like your voice, I, sometimes I'll listen to somebody and I'm like, we just need Katie to roll to be in this song instead of oh them. My oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, you know, it's always been fun leading with, with your team down there every time we've ever done it anything together it's been some of my favorite moments and memories leading yeah. worship and so oh, thank absolutely. you it's been really cool well I'm excited to be with you today i'm i heard that from brian that you're actually a fan that you listen to the the episodes too which is really awesome i love that because you guys are totally going I, after this kind it's of stuff true and i'm not just saying that i am a huge fan of the podcast me and brian i listen to the every single episode i'm a subscriber and I don't miss an episode. These are like my favorite <laughs> things to listen to. I, it's so fun because we know some of the people that you interview, but hearing you interview them and pull out of them this other side and this other stuff that God's doing that maybe wouldn't come up in just an everyday conversation, I love it. It's yeah. my favorite. Well, I feel like I know it, them in the spirit, like in a different way. Yeah, and that's that's part of my favorite thing is that I get to hear some of the best stories in the world. And I was telling Sheree, my wife, so many times, like, don't you think the whole world needs to hear that story right there? Like don't, and people don't tell you, like they might tell you their salvation story or they might tell you like a little bit of why they moved somewhere or did something, but they don't tell you the full, they don't unpack the story unless they're really pulled on for it. So I've been loving the show because I feel like I'm growing and getting to know a lot of people, but also I get to introduce aspects like you're saying of people who you don't think about. I mean, I I was a pastor for 13 years in LA and I think maybe three times in 13 years did people ask me, my actual stories. They were, I mean, everybody, when you're, when you're a leader, a lot of times people, whether it's in business or ministry, whatever, people don't actually ask your story. You're there to serve them. So it's just really interesting to have a show where you get to hear some kind of maturing stories, like deep stories, which is really cool. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're here to talk about you guys though. So I'm excited (laughs) because you guys have been on quite the journey. I mean, you, you, um, Katie's from central California, Brian, you're from Canada. And you guys have been leading with Jesus Culture since um, kind of the beginning of their major transition into becoming what they are today or what you guys are today. And uh, I mean, you have a ton of albums out. You have like five of your own and two or three or three or four with Jesus Culture. Am I correct? I keep getting it wrong on numbers. And uh, we don't even we're not even sure. So and I will (laughs) say this, even though this is after the Christmas season. Your Christmas album, I've listened to it. I listened to it in July. I listened to it in August. Oh. I listened to it in September. So your Christmas album, for me, is an all-year-round album. Oh, my gosh. Some people are cringing here. Oh, it's true. People hate really. that. I know. But I, I love, love it. We love Christmas, too. We're, I, we're I know. I love to look at your house on Instagram during Christmas because I haven't seen you guys around <laughs> Christmas in so many years. Uh, but let's oh, kind of go on the journey because I love that you're both on. You guys... I remember when you were trying to make the decision on what was the big next because you're both you were sitting on so much purpose, so much calling, so many prophetic words of just who you are, not necessarily directional, but just who you were as musicians, like what you're called to. And then this Jesus culture opportunity came up. And how did that happen? And how did you decide this was the space? 
Yeah, it's it's actually crazy. So we got married. We dated long distance for a long time. And when we got married and I was moving down to California, we were trying to decide where we were supposed to go. And we were obviously love Los Angeles. We had a lot of connections in Reading. Katie did the ministry school. We met at the worship school there. And we ended up going to Fresno, California, of all places, um, to be a part of, <laughs> of, a, of a small church that Katie's parents were on staff at. And it did not seem like the logical decision for our career we were like why are we going to fresno why you know why are we going to go in this tiny small church where it's just acoustic basically for the first year that we were there i know we were saying if you want a tiny little church stay with us in la (laughs) (laughs) exactly but uh but we there was something uh we had heard a message i believe it was from either danny silk or uh, paul manwaring where he was just talking about following your favor Mm. and there was something about the door that had opened for that specific time of our first few years of marriage and ended up being really, really important. And we learned a lot about songwriting. We learned a lot about leading and we had this opportunity to lead two times a week, every single week for a couple of years. And, and the Lord um, began to grow us. I feel like in, in our ability yeah. to lead people, to lead a congregation in our heart for the local church wow. and then writing songs for the local church. And then, a few years in, or maybe two years into into that, we had written a bunch of songs, and we were about to pursue uh, making a worship album and just kind of doing it independent. And we had reached out to Kim Walker Smith, uh, who we had a relationship with. Katie mainly had a relationship with from her time up at Bethel, and and she we explained the situation. We were like, Hey, we just kind of want to know information on distribution, on uh, marketing. Like we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, We just started raising money to do this thing on our own. And she called us back an hour later and she was like, Hey, I just talked to Banning. Uh, We want to sign you. Wow. We were like, what, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, we're going to do it. Jesus culture wants to do the, the record for you. And they had not heard one song. Yeah. <laughs> this is a testament to like their belief in us and just from hearing relationship God's voice. and hearing God's yeah. voice. Exactly. And uh, we, which I would say on mine because I've known Banning and Kim for I think it maybe yeah. even longer than you guys, and yeah. they weren't wanting to sign a bunch of people at that time. They had tried some things that didn't work very well, and so that yeah. was a total God experience. I remember they had told me that this is just God. Cause I had asked him about you. I was like, how did this happen? And they're like, we just knew it was God. Like we just knew, which is so yeah. beautiful when both sides know. Totally. I think for us, it was, it was just such a different route than we thought God was going to take us because like Brian said, I had already left home. I, I, I grew up in central California in Fresno and I never wanted to go back and I didn't have any vision for that city. <laughs> and I went and I left at 17. I moved out and I, pursued what I felt like was the call of God in my life. And just, I was just hungry to be where God was moving and to experience something real for myself. And so I did, I had powerful encounters with the Holy spirit and I met so many people that, that changed my life during my time at the school of ministry there. And then all that for me to feel like I was going back to where I started. And at the time I didn't feel like there was any significance to that. I didn't feel like, I felt like I was like super disappointed Felt like I was not fulfilling any of the prophetic words on my life by doing that. And at the same time, just feeling the pull of like, go back to where you started and sow back the seeds, you know, sow back the seeds into 
where you're really from and what God, where God started this in your heart. And so like Brian said, we were there for a few years and, you know, before we saw that huge miracle with, with signing with Jesus culture and becoming part of the family there with the record label, we had several disappointments and a lot of things that we felt like were the fulfillment of promises and prophetic words that did not happen (laughs) and were, and just, yeah, they were disappointing. And, um, we were like, God, you know, you said you're going to open these doors this way. And those things didn't happen. And so when it happened with, with Banning and Kim and the Jesus culture team, we were just like, wow, this is what you had in mind. Like we didn't even, even in pursuing, you know, reaching out and asking some questions about distribution and all that technical stuff that goes on behind like the music industry and stuff. It was totally innocent. We just fully had no idea what we were doing. And we were like, Hey, (laughs) We, we really feel like we're supposed to record these on an album to play uh, that people can have access to, but we had no hopes of, you know, much else. <laughs> and so we had all these prophetic words, but we did not think that was how those were going to be um, fulfilled. fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. Well, spiritually, so let me ask you a question. Because we're exploring the prophetic yeah. process kind of, you know. So were you yeah. guys at a place, because there was some disappointments when – when Banning and Kim were like, we want to sign you, were you at a place where your heart could fully engage or did it take a while to kind of kickstart and come alive in it? Or did it feel like, it's time, this is it? Or did you were you, did you end a little guarded because of some of the disappointments? I think we were definitely a little guarded. We, we were really excited, but we also were, we didn't really know what it all looked like. Sure. And at that point in time, we didn't have like deep relationship with them. And, and I'll say now um, we've been in the Jesus culture world for maybe seven years, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. And we ended up moving to Sacramento uh, with the team to be a part of the church plant. And we're very, very close with banning now and Mm. it's become a big part uh, of our life and speaking to our life. But at that point in time, it was just like, they were more just like a record label. They weren't a family. (laughs) Yeah. And we were like, is this too good to be true? Also something that was major risk on their part was, you know, leading up to the release of our album, Jesus Culture had the opportunity to be in a huge, is it an arena? And that's actually where our album was released. And we sang for the first time and led worship for the first time with some of those songs. I mean, outside of our church, but in front of Banning on that stage. In front of 16,000 people. (laughs) Just just how God did it. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. But yeah, we, we definitely thought, we're like, this isn't really happening. This isn't, this is not this is too good to be true. <laughs> like, what is this? And so we were really cautious, I would say. We didn't want to get yeah, And then the album came again. out and it probably shocked you how, because it wasn't just the fact that it was a somewhat of a commercial su- success, but the fact that, I mean, like here in LA, there's little Presbyterian churches and uh, Anglican churches singing your guys' song still because of, <laughs> yeah. you know, you released an album and it really did create, uh, the song that won the Grammy, which we could talk about in a few minutes, the Holy, Go- Holy Spirit, I almost said Holy Ghost. I don't know why. Holy Spirit. Uh, <laughs> I like that you're like, too. Sean, do you know that name? Um, but <laughs> but I remember going to a little church here locally in, in Eagle Rock. And I, I think it was an Anglican church. I can't, don't, don't, maybe Lutheran. And I went into the back because we were literally parked out front. And I had to ask them a question. They were having like a weird Wednesday night service or something. And they were singing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I asked the pastor who wow. came up to me, he's like, oh, what do you need? I was like, are you guys a charismatic church? He's like, no. And I'm like laughing going, of course you're not, but you're singing Brian and Kitty's song. You know, it's just so wild that God used these songs to go places where 
some of the message of what the songs are could never be preached. Yeah. It's so crazy. We were actually just thinking about some of the, the early uh, days when we just started traveling and we were playing with local teams all the time. We didn't have a big team. It was just me and Katie and, and playing with the local worship teams. And, and we went to uh, one church. It was a non-denominational church uh, just outside of Houston. And they were one of the first churches to invite us. And we always tried to be honoring and respectful of the environment and the, and the team. But I think maybe for some reason, this was one of our first ones that we just really just innocent, innocent, didn't know what we were doing. And <laughs> we didn't know better to in, ask in if, our you know, church. Things okay. Yeah. And in our church, um, we had made it normal to, to stop in the middle of worship and start calling out words of knowledge and go after healing. Wow. And so they had us for a worship night and Sunday night, we just, you know, in the middle of worship, <laughs> we started calling out words of knowledge for healing and it, and we ended up going back a year later and they told us a story of how that was the first time healing had been called out from the stage in the history of the church. Wow. And, and we go back a year later and the fruit from that moment was really profound. And, and we went in really innocent and we were just kind of obedient, you know, and definitely some people got healed and, and impacted, but the fruit was more the culture in that church changed to expect miracles, yeah. which was so profound to us of just like one of those small moments of simple obedience and taking a little risk and, and in a lot of ways, not even realizing what we were doing um, began to change the culture of the whole church, which was, yeah. which is such a picture of, I think one of the reasons why God used you guys as founding kind of members of Jesus culture, church and movement because that's what you guys were trying to do as a movement is, is change the culture of Christianity. Yeah. And it's yeah. so beautiful that you're doing it with no pretension and no even desire to even, you're not trying to mess with the culture of someone else. You're just bringing organically who you are through music and through, through ministry to people. And you, sometimes you don't even know there's dynamics, <laughs> which I love. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. We do know better now. <laughs> well, I think we've just learned and matured, hopefully. It's been almost 10 years yeah. since that, that we, you know, there's a certain way to go about certain things. But sometimes <laughs> the Lord just overrides that, doesn't he? I don't even Absolutely. know. But I will say it has been very humbling and just overall shocking to see, like you said, some of the churches or the denominations that you normally would just write off um, as on as you know, not necessarily in, in alignment with some of the lyrics that we write or the approach that we take or the words that we use and singing and declaring over their churches or together as congregations, you know, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Or some of the more, um, you know, ride in the line lyrics that we like to stick in songs very purposefully. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> that for a minute. Been, Can we talk about yeah. just songwriting with God? I mean, cause that's, you know, yeah. you explain the prophetic a lot. Of, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are super creative and they're getting permission to actually see God as a creator who's creating with them or through them in partnership. You guys are, I mean, you're, you're creating worship songs. There's a lot of people who just do worship songs by studying the word and then coming up with the poetic side of the word. But you guys are actually like in your relationship with God, not just like crying out like David, but actually in your relationship with God saying, give me the lyrics, give me the words, tell me your process. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll just say one thing that, Katie, I'll give Katie credit for this for for years now. Something that she has said is is I I don't want to say it's not that we're trying to say something new or something that's never been said, but saying the right thing in the right season. 
Mm. Um, and not that we're like necessarily always doing that, but it is a goal and something that we're pressing into as we're writing songs is like, God, we want to be a voice for a season or for a person at the right place at the right time. And, and I think that's part of tapping into the heart of God and going after the prophetic in songwriting. Um, you want to add to that? Katie? Yeah, personally, I think a lot of the time, the season that I'm in, I find a lot of people are experiencing really similar things. And I, I remember years ago, you actually gave me a prophetic word about being prophetic. And it, it's something that I still Ooh. think about all the time. <laughs> because when we are songwriting, it's a huge privilege, obviously, to be, to be able to write and, and invite people to declare words and, and sing in unity in your church, in your congregation, in your car, in your house, wherever. Um, these things over your life. And so we don't take that lightly at all. And when we are writing, there's been so many times that we've been extremely frustrated, just feeling like this has been said before. This is so generic. This is, this isn't creative. How many books have we read with these words in it? And Mm. the Lord reminds me so gently just of like, yeah, but what, what about when you heard that word, you know, what about when you heard that prophetic word or that that line from somebody exactly when you needed to hear it. Totally. And it's, and maybe you heard it before maybe you read it before, but when you heard it, that time was different. And what is that? Like what, what's different about that? And like Brian was saying, I think it's just the timing. It's so much of what I feel has been really significant prophetic moments in my life have all been about timing. It's, it's when I needed somebody to, to say again, you have a purpose for your life. It, this is the most simple things, right? It doesn't even have to be like the most profound, crazy, out of the box, weird thing. It's just, I needed to hear that in that moment. And God knew, and he used somebody to speak that over me. And wow. even with our latest record, um, you know, for me personally, the songs, we only, it's only five songs, but that even felt significant to us because generally we like to have a lot of songs <laughs> before we put out an album. Yeah. And this time we felt really okay about there only being five because it felt like the right time, I guess mm. is the best way to describe it. And it's been a really, really tough season for me. Um, and these songs have, have truly been prophetic declarations over my own life and prayers wow. over our own life. And so we had these sitting around and some of them were just finished like right before the album was, was finished. But a lot of them have been sitting with us and we were just like, you know what? I don't know if these are special. I don't know if these are anything, but I feel like this is for somebody else for right now. Wow. And we're going to make sure they're, you know, they're out right now. And so the feedback now that we've gotten, it's so cool to hear as a songwriter when somebody's like, Hey, that is so creative. I've never heard anything like that. And, Uh, that's so inspiring the way that you use this instrument like nobody has in years or whatever but really everything's been done before and the stuff that that really means a lot to us when we hear back is those are the words that I needed right now those gave me words to connect again with God and I was you know I was in the middle of this moment and these words pulled me out of that wow so stuff like that it's just you know, we're still learning. We're still young. <laughs> you are we're young. still young. We it's know awesome. we're still young. And, um, but I think as we go on and we have more of a clear picture of what we do and why we're doing it, especially with, with the prophetic and the privilege and the, the, the honor that it is to be able to hopefully prophesy over people and, and out of other people's mouths with the words that you write. I think it's just been like such a, 
a learning and humbling experience this last little while. I'm, I don't even know if I'm making sense anymore. But <laughs> no, you are. Well, I want to ask kind of on top of that then because you guys, you know, obviously you have some great feedback, but one of the greatest feedbacks you could have in the world standards is being awarded. And you guys were awarded a Grammy for Holy Spirit and uh, for writing it. And tell us about that journey and what did that mean to you at the time? Was it something that was like really meaningful or was it something that was just a blessing? Was it, what, what did that, what was that a marker of? Um, I think more than anything, just that song being recognized. I remember uh, we didn't actually go to the Grammys for, for that. It was for the performance of the song and that song uh, getting recognition. But we were watching, uh, we were in Trader Joe's parking lot. Katie was getting groceries and the Christian category is in the afternoon that you can just stream in and watch. It's like oh, okay. alongside like the best jazz solo. <laughs> you know? so it's, they it's, don't televise the Christian category. They don't the televise category. the Christian category, <laughs> you know, but they do stream it. And so I'm sitting uh, in Trader Joe's parking lot uh, on my iPhone watching the live stream of the daytime Grammy presentations and and all of a sudden it was like and the Grammy goes to Holy Spirit and I there was just something in that moment that that simple declaration of that happening where we were just completely overwhelmed and and so thankful and the fact that the words Holy Spirit you're welcome here you know let us become more aware of your presence is is played on all kinds of Christian radio and being sung around the world in different churches and and then gets recognized by the Grammys was just this unbelievable it overwhelming experience. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> we so even when the song was nominated, I were, we were just like, "Whoa, that's so funny!" Like, who would have ever thought? You know, us and our we wrote that song. We lived in a, a little apartment in Fresno, and in our little spare bedroom in there we were like, we need to write a song about the Holy Spirit. Like, and, and partially was just like, hey, we have an opportunity to lead our congregation and, and teach them about the Holy Spirit. And this is our platform. It's music. It's worship. And so let's let's write a song about the Holy Spirit and introduce people because he's good and we want everyone to know him, right? And so for that song to go that far and then, like Brian said, to hear, it was very surreal to hear them say, and the award goes to Holy Spirit. Wow. So, a sobering moment, you yeah. know. Um, well, it felt and, to me too. It was like one of those moments where I remember when the Passion of Christ just took off and then it won all the awards. And it was like just yeah. one of those moments in time where something that was unlikely to be awarded in that genre or area was relevant to everybody for a minute. It just was so awkward and so unique and beautiful. And when you guys won, it felt it had that same kind of feeling. Obviously, that's the most <laughs> yeah. viewed movie in history. But I mean, it had that same kind of feeling for the Christian world, though, of of the yeah. Holy Spirit wanting to be present and God wanting to honor the Holy Spirit. And you guys were catalysts for that. You guys just lived that out in your own life. And I mean, we're hearing that on the show. It's like who you guys are as far as like walking with Him. And and so I think it's it was a really surreal moment for those your friends, you know, for all of us who are like this is so beautiful because it's, it's, it could have been anything else, but it was Holy Spirit. You know, <laughs> it's just so wild. <laughs> I know. Right. I, I mean, the it. devil words, one thing, but Grammys, like that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Very Absolutely. humbling experience. <laughs> well, let's go forward a little bit. Cause I, I feel like part of you guys, you know, Katie, I, like you said, I prophesied your prophetic a long time ago. Both of you guys are, 
Um, you you didn't need me to tell you that, but uh, <laughs> but what are you seeing as far as like kind of in in life and movement and what do you think God's doing in the in the future of the worship movement and in worship? Yeah, Ryan, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I think, <laughs> you're uh, like Brian, go for it. To we're, we're, like, we're always <laughs> trying to decide who's answering because. Yeah. We still haven't got used to interviewing together all the time. We both like to talk. So, so Brian, you feeling prepared right now? <laughs> Who has the most profound statement? Just kidding. No, I think um, just personally, what we're what we're feeling, there's something about vulnerability in worship right now, mm. um, and and it's something that we really tried to model and do with the last handful of songs that we wrote and, and released. Um, and I, obviously I can't say that for everyone and for every worship movement, but for us, it's what's what we felt the Lord in. And writing songs that we need <laughs> for right now, that are prayers over our own life, that are declarations that we're like, okay, we need this for right now. Um, and as we're seeing those, that's where we're feeling the most anointing or the most breakthrough or the most... Um, I don't know, feeling the Lord in those moments as we're leading those in our local church or, or as we travel and stuff like that. And and so vulnerability, I think it's kind of this hip word in culture, culture right now in general, you know. Um, but I think there is something really special about it. And, and being honest in front of the Lord, but also just in our communities as yeah. we're singing and, and not being up on stage singing words that that don't mean anything to us i think we're still you know we're still unpacking and figuring this out for our own life because in this day and age and in our generation and in ministry in the day of social media you know it's hard to put Mm. put yourself out in a risky way in an imperfect unfinished unpolished way and let people have at you (laughs) you know but you know what i think that i've seen we've seen more fruit than ever in that in that horrible place and like brian was saying through music through ministry through conversations through you know my favorite podcasts my favorite moments that i'm listening to that i'm receiving from other people have been in their vulnerability in their most vulnerable state there's just something pure that i feel like the lord is using people in those moments right now to bring us back to the bring us back to the beginning the simplicity of we need the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. We're imperfect, and we're never gonna be. We're never gonna be perfected. We're always gonna need more and more of Him, and um, we're always gonna need to remind ourselves of the truth and get more healing. And you know, I think that applies to not just songwriters or not just artists, but anybody in a place of influence. To be reminded of that is really healthy and very scary. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I, there's something about worship too, because you see God in the moment of worship, you see him in yourself, you see what you don't have, you see what, who he is, who you're not, someone's who you are. Mm-hmm. You, it's just such a vulnerable place and to live as a worship leader, especially if you're, if you're going through something, I'm sure like, you know, if you have 20 gigs lined up and you're going through something that's really <laughs> hard and you all of a sudden have to put yourself in those songs again, especially the songs you're talking about that you wrote in your last album because they were very vulnerable. Is that like, does that become a tool to help you even go further or is it sometimes an obstacle because you're having to go there over and over and over again? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> That's Absolutely honest. both. I mean, there are songs that 
There's a song that we have off our very first album called um, I Breathe You In. Oh, love And it. I didn't sing that song for a couple years after we... I mean, I sang it for a, every once in a while, but I really... I rarely put it into a set because it was really raw for me mm. to sing. And even even as a worship leader, I mean, you need to be able to like sing through the song without just losing it, right? Because you're leading other <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> so there's still some level of uh, professionalism. You know, you got to, there's a time and a place. And then there's also, hey, you know, you got to still be able to sing the chorus of this song. So there was a time and a place. And I, I avoided that song for a little while. And wow. And then at the same time, there is a, you're constantly, you constantly are fighting a place of God, never let me get so complacent, so, so used to this, so calloused that I don't remember what I'm doing up here or that I don't remember why I'm up here. And, um, you know, rarely do I feel like I have everything I need when we're leading a tour or, you know, even just a church service at home. I mean, I'm, I feel like every single Sunday, I'm like, God, you better come. <laughs> you better come, Lord. Like, yeah. I don't think I'm ready. Like, I don't think I have it. People need you, and they need to meet with you, and they don't need to meet with me. Like, and, um, But at the same time, there's kind of that tension that I feel like that we live in that is constantly like, keep me soft, but also, you know, use me, equip me, like give me something to give me something that overflows out of me that people can people can receive from me that there's so much of you in me that I have more than enough for myself and that it just flows out of me to 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 be used by you for other people so I think we're walking that out daily I don't know if that's even rare I feel like that's everybody but no but it's a your your self-awareness and emotional awareness of that in your relationship with God is so helpful for people to hear because you know not everybody has that culture that they're allowed to articulate those things so freely and I think it's a, it's like oh, such yeah. a beautiful articulation and I think of just who you guys are what's interesting to me is when Lauren Daigle kind of crossed over accidentally you know and just became like <laughs> yeah. you know was competing with Drake on the charts and all that stuff was happening I was thinking about you guys because I know both of you have other non-worship projects in your heart and uh, I don't know, you know, like, uh, is there anything about that? Are you about that? To over us? <laughs> well, I did. I was kind of prophetically in a moment, like, where I was thinking of both of you being at your wedding. Yeah. I was thinking about that. It was kind of in context of your wedding of thinking about how beautifully you sung these songs that were like, because you sing a lot of just normal mainstream songs at your wedding. And uh, mm-hmm. and I just started to think about, like, Lauren Daigle. I, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. But um, how, yeah. you know, again, she, she accidentally crossed over. It was intentional from God, but it wasn't necessarily <laughs> intentional for her marketing team probably. And, um, mm-hmm. and on that level. And I just felt like, do you guys have any kind of sense or inkling uh, beyond worship right now for yourselves? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. And let me just say that we're huge fans of Lauren. I think we're, we're friends with her too. And she is one of the sweetest, most genuine people that loves, truly loves other people and loves the Lord. It's just so cool to see what God's doing with her yeah. music. And I, I truly think it's just the beginning. Like, like you said, there's only so much a marketing team can do. There's only so much PR can do. And then God has to do something. Yeah. He clearly is. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's been so awesome. I, I know. I'm just like, man, what a beautiful place of influence God is doing, like yeah. giving her right now on a platform that he's just building for her. And it makes me want to cry. I don't know why, but I <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, for us, we actually, so every year me and Brian go out to coffee. This year was food. There was food involved because you have to fit coffee and food together. Now with the baby. <laughs> yes. Um, we don't have all the time, but 
we write down our goals for the year and it's just simple. Like we just write down, you know, everything from financial goals to giving Cre- goals to creative personal goals. creative goals. And I love that. Literally, we did it yesterday. Uh, yes. We went to Barnes and Noble here in, in town. Yeah. Shout out to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and um, we wrote down, we've been writing, you know, we've always been, we're always writing. We try to make that a discipline as well as it's just fun and creative for us. But stuff that's been coming out of us hasn't been worship music lately. It's nice. just been, it's been different. And there's still, I like to think that there's still anointing on it, of course. But uh, there's a lot of stories that are like just unfolding and, and coming out lyrically and stuff. So I think we would love to see what that looks like. I don't know. Most likely it's going to look completely different than we could plan for just like the rest of our life. You heard it first here, people <laughs> but, uh, right here on exploring the prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, We've never said this. Anywhere else. <laughs> and, uh, but I think it is, it's just part of us. I think it's part of who we are and it just naturally will probably evolve. Um, I think we'll have to obviously work too and, and finish some things. Yeah. Yeah, but we have songs. The songs that are coming out are, you know, love songs or just songs of life and going through stuff. And mm-hmm. so we're like, okay, well, we got to figure out what to do with some of this. Stuff. That's so awesome, yeah. you guys. We'll see. Well, you guys, this has been such an awesome, awesome conversation. I'm so glad that we got to have it for other people to hear because I think there's so much that you guys offer, and just who you are. That's just it's organically impartable, which I I think is just amazing. But we come to the end of our show. You got to tell me, how do people get a hold of you? What's the best website? What's your most current project that they can get a hold of on iTunes? Tell us. Okay. So our most current project is available anywhere you can buy music or stream it, um, including, you know, Spotify, Pandora, everything. And it's called Praise Before My Breakthrough. And it was just released this fall. And you can find us both on social media. I'm just under Katie Torwalt. And Brian's under Brian Torwall. My microphone fell right when you're saying you okay? that. Just a bit of a fast. Something something Blue happened bridge. to my. I love outtakes. This is my favorite. You're gonna keep that in the podcast, right? Totally. Have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I want to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner.